0: Okay, and we're rolling. So welcome back to Doctor's Orders. It's been a while, but I just wanted to do a quick episode today um, because guess what, guess what day is tomorrow? Tomorrow is the final exams starts for block one slash semester one. And I'm super, 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 super excited. Um, before you get too excited for me, uh, I want you to know that this doesn't actually mark the start of any holiday for anyone whatsoever because um, whenever I tell anyone this who isn't doing the same degree as me, just to, like, whenever I tell them how our, our, like, holidays and stuff are arranged, they're like, bro, this is crazy. Like, if anyone needs any breaks or holidays, it's med students. But we get very, very little compared to the rest of the people. But um, get this. So tomorrow, Thursday is uh, our final exam, day one. So the exam's two days. So Thursday and Friday is the final exam. Uh, so final exam's finish on Friday. Everyone celebrate and scream and party, whatever. And then you have Saturday and Sunday off, which is the weekend. And then Monday, literally the next Monday, the next semester starts. And I had a look at the calendar, and it's fully packed. We have like one tutorial in the morning, four lectures like, for the rest of the day. This is one day. This is one day on Monday. And then Tuesday, it's, like, one giant anatomy lab and then three more lectures. And then Thursday is, like, full day of the hospital. And then, yeah, very full-on semester two just starts straight away. So semester two starts for two weeks and then we get two weeks off, which, thank Jesus. Because um, normally, actually, like, literally everyone else who's doing any other degree throughout Australia, um, you probably get at least one month to two month, uh, break during the winter, but nah, for us, we get two weeks, but we'll take whatever. Um, and yeah, so I wanted to record this quick episode to talk about a few things. So I guess firstly, I want to talk about sort of what the exam, uh, of med school, at least the first exams that we're facing, uh, entails, and talk about how i feel about these exams so i'll first talk about sort of what sort of exam i'm taking um med school has two different types of exams so one is the written type of exam so that everyone's familiar with and the second type is called osce's um, i'm trying to think of what osce stand for so OSCEs. so o-s-c-e so it's Ob- objective structured clinical examinations. That's right. So, OSCEs are basically, what to say, it's it's basically like um, you have a bunch of rooms, like you have a bunch of little rooms down the hallway, right, like a little hospital, and you go in, you sit right outside the room, like everyone sits outside of one room, and, well, okay. I'm terrible at explaining things. Let's start this whole thing over again. So, um, it's basically testing your clinical skills. And what are the clinical skills? Um, you know, taking history, Um, so you have a fake, either fake patient or real patient in there, you go in there, you sit down, um, and you basically get to know this person regarding their health and their, you know, social background. Um, You test your taking history, Um, clinical reasoning, obviously, so you take a history, um, and then the examiners will ask you like, oh, okay, so according to the history that you took, what do you think is going on? And, you know, what you know, exams should you do on him and later, very much later, you know, what sort of treatment? I guess treatment, it's more tested during the written exams. So the the clinical skills exams is more like, you know, taking history and doing the clinical exams. So you take a history um, and then you get tested on sort of uh, physical exams. So, you know, your uh, cardio exams, your respiratory exams, neuro exams, you um, what else? Muscular, like examination of your bones and joints and stuff. Um, those things. So how it's set up is basically um, you have a hallway and you have rooms on each side of the hallway and then you sit outside of one room and then the big announcer thing goes, examination begins. Okay, so before that, you have a little paper below the seat that you're sitting. You pick up the paper, it gives you a little prompt. So it's like uh, you're in a GP practice practice Please take a history of the patient, um, or like, you know, this patient has uh, this patient has been instructed to be given, um, blah 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 milligrams of blah 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 intravenously. Please go in and do that, you know, things like that, or like this patient. Um, please perform a uh, hand examination on this patient to check what's wrong with them, or whatever things like that. You know what I mean. So how the exam works is um, you read the prompt. And then the big announcer goes exam begins so you stand up you knock and then you walk in there will be a patient in there so either it'll, it'll either be a, like a actor patient or sort of like a mannequin model sort of thing if, later if you're if we're doing like I don't know injections or something um, so you go in there um, examiner is there as well so the examiner has like a marking sheet and uh, the examiner will just be observing you while you do it. So, you go in there, you do whatever is asked of you on the prompt, and then you leave. That's it. And then we'll, and then you leave, and then you sit right outside the room next to you. And then you read the other prompt, and then it goes, examination begins. You go in, it'll either take like 10 to 20 minutes. You finish, you go out, and then the next room. It's basically like that. Um, different things take up a different amount of time. So, for example, if you take a history, it'll take... Uh, 20 minutes, actually, it'll take 20 minutes to take the history, and then 5 minutes for the examiner to ask you follow-up questions for your history. And uh, for physical exams, I believe it's like 12 minutes for everything, at least the two ones that we did this semester, it was 12 minutes. Um, then yeah, that's that's OSCEs. And so, we've already had our OSCIs. Um, this happened last Thursday, and my written exam is Thursday and Friday tomorrow. Each day it's around, I think, five hours, so it's from 9 a.m. to 1 a.m. Is that five hours? 9, 10, 11, 12, wait, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1. Okay, so it's like four to five hours. Um, You see, I can't math, but um, let me walk you through first sort of um, how I felt about about my OSCEs, my clinical skill exam, and how it went down. Uh, Basically, I reckon um, throughout the semester, so we have every Thursday um, during our teaching weeks as the sort of hospital day. So we go into the hospital and everything that we get taught on that day, on that day, on Thursday, is focused on uh, clinical skills. So we go in, there's actual doctors that come in to teach us, you know, how to take a history um, how to ask the right questions and how to you know take uh, history. If this is uh, if you know mental health is the patient's main concern, or if um, the patient is social disadvantage, or if the patient is older, or if this is a teenager patient, um, things like that. We all get like lectures in the morning, and then in the afternoon we get tutorials. So in the tutorials we basically have like I think six or seven people. Um, in each tutorial room and then we get an actual doctor to come in to be our tutor and throughout the tutorial it's mostly we have actor patients coming in so actor patients so they're like professional actors so the medical school gives them a script and um they prepare and they come in and act like that patient and so one of us will volunteer to you know practice taking pay taking history with that patient um i'm not gonna lie at the very beginning um at the start of the semester, basically. I was incredibly nervous. I was so fucking nervous for these tutorials. And I was like, literally, I, I was just not having a good time every Thursday because I just felt like I didn't know enough to be, to, to, you know, ask the right questions. But, you know, no one is. But that's just how I felt. I just felt so nervous every time I had to go. And even though sometimes I volunteer to do it, but that's just because I wanted to get it out of the way. Like, I'd rather um, do it first than... You know, being, a, being forced to do it last. But I did not enjoy that thing. And I feel like my problem is that... Um, I, I guess to explain what history is first, before. Um, very, very briefly. So, history is basically... Um, it's made up of several components. So, if a patient comes in for the first time, um, something must have brought them in. So, you know, they might have chest pain, they may have tummy pain... Or, you know, they feel dizzy or, you know, any problem that you can think of. They broke their knee or any problem. Um, so you come in, you talk to this patient and the first thing you want to know is like what's brought, what's brought them in today. So you have a conversation with them about, you know, what are the main symptoms that you're having? What are the associated symptoms? And you basically rec- get as much information as you can about what's brought them in today. So, you know, if they have pain, where exactly is the pain um what brings the pain up, um, how long has it been, uh, does it radiate to anywhere else, and then, you know, all these blah 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 blah, ooga, booga. Um, and then, um, you explore, you know, what's, what, oh, I guess anything associated with the pain as well. But next, you, that's the presenting complaint, right? So you, you get as much information about what's brought them in today, but then you have to get their past medical history, and the past medical history is like, you know, If they have been admitted to the hospital, if they had any surgeries, do they have any chronic conditions, you know, if they have, you know, um, high blood pressure or they've had a brain surgery before. Um, And so you ask them about those. And um, if they mention something, you just kind of have to dive in and see um, how much of this is affecting their life. So, even if they had a brain surgery, but everything went perfectly and that's nothing. You don't have to spend too much time on it. like, because if the patient says everything is fine, it's probably fine. Um, but if they had like a simple appendix surgery, but something went wrong, you'll have to spend a lot more time on it. Because um, you w- you wanted to know how it is impacting the patient's life, right? But I'm not saying that like if they had a brain surgery, it's just like, okay, brain surgery, tick. No, you just, you still have to get all the information out. But um, get these information out and basically take the patient's experience into account as well. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So you can ignore the past three minutes if you want. So that was the past medical history, right? Um, and next you have to take a medications history, you know, what medications they're taking. Um, this also includes, you know, allergies they have, um, vaccines and shit, you know, all that. Um, and next you have social history. So social history is basically getting to know them as a person and, um, you know, what's their background? Are they born here? Um, what's their occupation? Um, what's their housing situation like? You know, their diet and exercise. Um, and then you take, do, do do they smoke? Do they drink alcohol? Do they use drugs? Um, if they traveled any re- recently, things like that, or like family members and stuff. Um, you might think that, oh, like this, why the... F- fuck would a doctor want to know that well it matters every bit as much as important to their health as you know their past medical history and the medication because you know um different diseases affect different groups of people and you also want to know how uh well they would cope if the treatment is like a really long-term treatment and how this would affect their job how this would affect their life um you really wanted to know if they have a good social support network because if um they require a lot of support through the treatment process they they don't have that network um there's obviously more special considerations to think about in that as well so social history is very important and uh Next, um, oh, and also in social history, you really wanted to, um, get some details on, you know, if they, if they're a smoker, how much they smoke, um, have they stopped? Um, because obviously smoking is a big risk factor for so many, so many diseases. Um, this also includes alcohol and stuff because, and also it's important because some people drink a lot, but they're like, yeah, I'm a social drinker, but you dig a deep, you you dig a deep, uh, a bit deeper in there, and they're like, "Oh, actually, like, I drink like a bottle of wine every day," and then you know, obviously, their health outcome is going to be different from people who don't drink, for example. But that was the social history, and uh, next, there's family history as well. So, um, do you know any diseases that run in the family? Um, how are the health of your parents? How are the health of your children? Um, and your siblings as well. Um, if anyone in your family has died, you need the, like immediate family at least, you know, ask for the cause of death, um, explore that a little bit further. So that was the family history as well. Um, and also, um, circling back to the social history, I'm so sorry, this is so chaotic, but I'm literally just spitting whatever shit I have in my brain right now. But um, in the social history, it's important to ask for the o- occupation um, and the family as well, because occupation... Number one, different occupations are more likely to get different diseases. So, for example, if you work in a mine or, like, if you work in construction, there's uh, potential for exposure of different, you know, chemicals. Um, if you work an office job, that brings its own sort of uh, risk as well, you know. Different chronic diseases, if they have too much of a sedentary lifestyle, um, you know, they... they. um If they're an office job, obviously, um, a lot of uh, joint problems, neck problems, back problems, and all that. So, how's that? And also family, um, family and work, um, because they're both sort of very much a um, stress-inducing thing. Like, so, when you talk about the job, um, it's good to, you know, ask, oh, are you enjoying your job? Um are there any concerns that you have that now that you've come into us and um, regarding your job or your family? And obviously like when people are stressed, that's not gonna help them recover as well. And also stress might be um one of the reasons that actually contributed to their diseases, but these are histories. Um so for this semester we mainly learned how to take histories, right? But um the thing I have is that I think I'm pretty good at remembering all the important bits of taking a history so that when I do take a history, I don't think I'll forget any major things. But I think the, the, the history that we're taking right now isn't very sort of directive, if you know what I mean. Um, but by that, I mean when a patient comes in with stomach pain. Um, Right now, all I can do is I'll get as much information on that stomach pain as possible. So, you know, timing of that stomach pain, what brings it on, um, where is it, how bad is it, you know, things like that. But an actual doctor will start to ask more questions to start to, you know, come to a diagnosis, you know, like more directed questions like, okay, so you have stomach pain, right? Do you have diarrhea? Do you have vomiting? Do you have... Um, I don't know, swelling in the knuckles or do you have a weird rash on your skin so these questions because when as the doctor is asking these questions their mind is spinning and sort of uh, putting together the pieces of information that they're getting from the patient and trying to see if the description of the patient's symptoms are matching any sort of diseases um, in the doctor's head right now so that's We we haven't learned any uh, complete sort of diagnosis of any diseases at the moment. So, obviously, we can't do that. But I'm very, very excited to get that going because I feel like... So, right now, I'm just having a curious mind, you know? Just tell me everything about you and tell me everything there is to know. Um, If the patient says one thing, and I'll be like, you know, tell me more about that. Um, But I'm excited to actually do that, be curious, but at the same time my mind is thinking, okay, this patient mentioned this, I should ask about that and if the patient says yes to that question or there will be three more questions that come in my brain, be like, yeah, I should ask this now and then by the end of the history when I say goodbye to the patient I already have an idea of what they have that is a very exciting prospect to me but obviously I can do that right now, but hopefully from next semester this will start coming and honestly, it'll. I would be having a blast basically. Um yeah, so I, I just went through a little bit of how to take a history. Now allow me to circle back to what I was talking about before. So what I was talking about before was how I felt about taking histories, right? So at the very beginning I didn't really know how to take a history and I've never talked to an actual patient before. So well these patients are actors anyway, but These actors are really, really, really good. And each one of them act so well that the moment you sit down with them, you just completely forget that they are, like, actors. You literally, your whole brain just turns into, like, like, med student mode and just, like, this is a patient, I have to talk to them. Things like that. But I was really nervous. And in tutorials, it wasn't a good time because I feel like my nerves were just overshadowing everything. And I think what I was nervous about wasn't, um, you know, me taking a bad history. I think I was just nervous of the embarrassment that, that, like the potential embarrassment. I don't think I embarrassed myself yet in tutorials or exams, but I think the, the potential risk of en- embarrassment is immense because as soon as you sit down with this patient, your mind is pretty much blank. And as you're talking to the patient, at the very start at least, now I don't think my mind is blank anymore, but at least at the very start, it's more like you sit down and you're just like, okay, what do I do? Oh, shit, I need to introduce myself. So, okay. So, my name is Zach. I'm a medical student, whatever. And then every time this patient says something, you have to think about the next question to ask or how to keep on, keep the conversation going. And I'm already pretty shit at conversation myself. So, As I was thinking, I have to think about how to keep the conversation going. But at the same time, in my head, I had to be like, okay, um, what do I ask next? You know, like, what more information do I need from this patient? It's things like that. So, at the very beginning, I was very nervous. And it definitely got better. Um, I think, at least at uh, the very first few tutorials... I missed so many things and I was just, you know, I don't think it actually happened, but I had an immense fear of the awkward silence because sometimes I'll ask something and the patient answers like, answers my question and one, I don't know how to keep on going with the same question and two, my brain just forgot what new question I could ask. So, I just sit there and I pretend to look at my notes and be like, this is what it is, but... In reality, I was looking at the blank piece of paper. My brain was just like spinning so fast to try and think of something. But yeah, this is the very beginning. Um, We have these uh, tutorials every week. I believe, I don't know how many weeks um, we actually had uni, but I'm going to say it's like 17, 18 weeks, probably. Maybe 20 weeks. So as time goes on, I definitely become so much more comfortable with taking histories. But I think... My secret, if you could call it that, for me to become like super, super nervous and uh, my brain not working when I sit down and not knowing what to say and all that, the secret from turning that into uh, me being so much more comfortable with taking history and all that is that treat it like an interview on a podcast. What I mean by that is it could not only be a podcast, it's just to like treat it like any interview. And the goal of any interview is for the interviewer to get, you know, as much information as suitable from the interviewee, right? So, treat it like an interview and just say what you're thinking. So, for example, before, if I'm still asking this person about their uh, symptoms and they've given me a lot of information, for example, they t- they told me, When this started, they told me where it is, um, what brings it on, and what they were doing at the time. And I don't know what to ask next. I would literally just freeze and hope something spring spring to my mind. But what I find now is that if I ask all of that and I want to know what I can ask next, I'll just go, okay, so here's what I have down for you. Um, You've told me this, 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 this. Um, Next, I'd like to explore a little bit about that aspect of the disease or like next um uh before we go on to the next section uh is there anything that i haven't asked you or i might have missed but you think might be important for me or the doctor to know just say questions like these that are very very general then are uh, uh directly at the patient so for the patient to give the patient an opportunity to fill in any gaps that you know i haven't asked in these situations this makes the whole atmosphere seriously just more comfortable, I think for everyone. And, you know, if uh you're taking medical history and they mention or like, you know, I had the surgery here and you're like, okay, well, can I go into this surgery a little bit more if you don't mind? Um, and you can just go into that. So I feel like signposting whatever you're gonna do and also just think your thoughts out loud. And like, for example, at the end of the interview, just like, okay, so today I went through this, 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 this. And you look at the patient and they're like, yep, that's exactly right. And this also gives the patient confidence that, that you're actually listening to them. So I think yeah, treating it like an interview and you're an interviewer and treat your responsibility as getting information out of this patient actually really, really helps me. So it's like a blend of an interview and a conversation. Sort of like that. Who am I to talk? You know, everyone has their own way. This is just my way. Um, Yeah, I don't know shit. But anyway, uh, that was histories. Now let's move on to talking about physical exams. See what I do is signposting over there. But (laughs) anyway, um, so physical exams. um, This semester we learned two P's. This is the vital signs and hand exams. So vital sign is you're taking five measurements right so you got your heart rate your respiratory rate your uh, blood pressure um what else temperature and oxygen saturation so you're using all these equipment well for heart rate you kind of just put your hand on their pulse on their wrist and check their pulse you measure it um and you can you also count how many times they breathe in the minute you got your blood pressure cuff um so you measure your blood pressure using uh, your stethoscope actually, your stethoscope and your blood pressure cuff and then you have your thermometer in the ears to measure the temperature and also the little thing you put on your fingers to measure your oxygen saturation. So all of these things, um, that's one examination. So you go in, basically in the actual thing, you go in, you sit down, you explain the process, basically what I just explained to y'all, what you're going to do and then you do it and you thank the patient and then you leave. Uh, next exam that we did was hand exams. So you go in, you're checking the patient's uh, skin and the nails of their hands, you're checking the bones in the joints and also the sensory functions of the motor function of the nerves in your hands as well. This hand exam is pretty, what I say? like It's pretty like like general like you're sort of checking a little bit of heart function a little bit of bones and joints um and a little bit of sort of neuro sort of nerve function as well but i feel like it's just for us to get into the you know the, the environment and the feeling of performing physical exams i'm really looking forward to what physical exams that we're going to do next or well, obviously well, it's going to be a cardiac exam because next uh semester slash next block Is the heart section. is like heart, kidney, and lungs. Um, So it's going to be exams associated with those uh, topics that we're going through. So that's pretty exciting because you can actually start to, you know, use a stethoscope, listen to their different heart sounds and all that, you know, things like that. But so those are the physical exams as well. So we practice all that. How did I prepare? Well, um, I practice with my friends from time to time. Uh, but also, I find what I find really helpful is that there's a lot of videos on YouTube that's like examples of history taking, and what I do is I basically watch the video as if I was taking a history of that patient in the video. So this allows me to just like keep finding new videos, keep finding new cases, and go through it. And whenever they they like, whenever for example, at the start, right, the patient says, "Oh, I come in because of this," I immediately pause the video. And then I write down a list of every single question that I will ask in regarding that. And then I unpause the video. And the patient gives me more info. I pause again. And then I write like potential follow-up questions to what information the patient's given me as well. So I think through doing that, I've been, I think starting the two weeks um, before the OSKIs, I was actually practicing those things every single day. I was practicing taking history I was practicing, doing the, going through the physical exams every single day. And I think it, it was got to the point where I'm sort of just like reciting those things as I'm going through the exams. It's like engraved in my brain by that point. So, um, now I guess I'll talk about, you know, what the exam was like. Um, basically, you get given a schedule and when you should be there at the, the hospital. And so you go there at your time and you firstly, everyone in that time slot six uh, sits in the, the lecture hall and you sit there, you chat to your, to your classmates and then the examiner comes in, one of them and it'll read our name so we all line up and then we get taken to the examination place and then we all sit down in front of the room And then a bell rings and then we go in. Um, And then everyone comes out and um, after they finish, so this will take like about 25 minutes, half an hour. And after that, you sit outside and you swap seats with another person next to you and then a bell rings and then you go in again. So Basically, that's how it is. So what I got was I got first, I got uh, the physical exam ones. So I'll go in. I first take a vital, uh, vital science exam, and then I take a hand exam. And honestly, I think it was, I think it was pretty alright because, as I said before, it was like I practiced so much that this is in my brain. So even though I went in, I kind of had a mind blank, but I feel like my mouth just started to talk, like speak, and I literally just started going to just doing it. So. I guess that's the goal. Like, you don't want your mind to be consciously trying to think, okay, what should I do next? So that's what I did. Honestly, the whole thing feels a little bit like a fever dream to me because I feel like... I just don't remember a lot. I feel like I was on autopilot the whole time. But at the time, I don't think I missed anything. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if I pass this or not. But I don't think I missed anything. And... uh to talk a little bit about how I was feeling, I was actually feeling pretty nervous for that. Ex- for that, I don't know why. I feel like my preparation was very, very, very uh, satisfactory, um, but for some reason, I was really, really nervous, and I was really trying to take deep, deep breaths. Um, I was as I was sitting outside, but as soon as I finished that first one, I felt pretty good. So, and then I went into the second one, which is taking history. Um, and I think my top one mistake with this one, honestly, was that because my previous experience taking history, I was really nervous and through practice, I can be pretty relaxed taking history now, right? But in this one, I felt like I was too relaxed. I felt like I was sitting there and literally just having a regular conversation with this old lady. And that brings about my downfall for this history taking exam. I ran out of time. <laughs> this has never happened to me before. So, and I miscalculated because I thought we had 30 minutes. We actually only had 20 minutes. So, when I looked at my clock and it says, so the exam started at, I think, 2 for me. So, when I started at 2 and I looked at my clock, it was 2.15. I was like, okay, this is only halfway through. We can, like, slow down. And then, all of a sudden, the 3-minute warning mark hit. And I was like, ah. Oh, Fudge. So I like literally sped through the rest of the history taking. Um, I didn't miss any sections per se, but I did, I didn't get to finish the very last section, which is review of the systems. Um, review of the systems basically mean that, um, at the end, um, the doctor is asking a patient a list of really, really, really quick questions to cover any sort of thing that the history taking missed out. So it's sort of like, do you have headaches? The patients like, no, do you have, uh, uh, dizziness no do you have ear pain no do you have trouble with your vision no do you have chest pain no do you have blah 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 blah, blah. Um, you ask all of these from uh, your head to toe just to check if the patient has any other abnormal pay abnormal symptoms that's where i didn't finish and i don't know how bad that'll affect me um, through talking to other people before many people uh, ended up not finishing but still passed so We'll see how it is. I think it depends more on if I took the history as a whole well or not, but we'll see. We'll see how that is. I'm not too worried about it. um, But after like 24 hours after that exam, I was definitely in the phase where I'm just reliving that scene, like reliving the moment where I realized that shit, I'm going to run out of time. It's just been repeatedly playing in my head, but that's kind of normal for exams. So now I feel fine now, but right after the exam, I definitely felt very unsettled. Yeah, so that's that. But generally, I think it was good. And I think actually going in and taking the exam and transforming how I was feeling at the very start where I was super nervous and my heart was breathing really fast and I feel the adrenaline. And afterwards, how relieved I was I think this is making me feel like so much more comfortable in taking history in any setting. So before I was mentioned in tutorials, because there's, you know, one person volunteer in the history and then seven other people are all watching you and judging you. It's very nerve wracking. And I feel like now I feel a lot less nervous about taking histories in tutorials, which is amazing. I think I might even volunteer to be the first one to go next time. Who knows? And yeah, so that's that's the OSCE exam. And so the conclusion is, I think I went okay. Uh, I will let you know probably in two to three weeks whether I pass or fail. Uh, it's not the end of the world if I fail because um, out of the 10 points that you get, you get for, um, uh taking uh, physical exams and histories, you only need to get eight points to pass. And a history taking is worth two points and a physical exam is worth one point. So technically I can fail one history and I can still pass or I can fail two physical exams and I can still pass. But even if I fail, you also get uh, supplementary OSCEs as well. So if you fail that one as well, I'm pretty sure there's two rounds. So if you fail both rounds of the supplementary OSCEs, then you've got a little bit of a problem on your hands. But I feel like the chances of me or anyone failing both rounds of the supplementary OSCEs is extremely low, so we don't have to think about that so far. Um, Next, I'll talk about exams and how I feel about it. So, exams are two days, right? And it's four to five hours on each day. Um, It's a mix of um, case questions. So, you know, a case question will be like, you get a long sort of stem uh, of a question. You know, this patient comes in, they're experiencing this, 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 this. And then... You answer... At this stage, we just answer a bunch of short answer questions. You're like... For like, for example, if the patient comes in, have some sort of uh, muscle disease, the question will be like, explain the physiology of muscle contraction. So you do that. Um, and it's sort of that. Um, and then you have just traditional short answer questions. Is just very upfront. You know, uh, explain this process or explain that one. Um, there's also... Uh, multiple choice we all love and there's also a matching questions so there's a bunch of words on the sides and the definition of those words so you're dragging or dropping those words into there to match uh, the correct definition and so that's sort of how the exam will go um and next i'll talk about sort of how i'm preparing how i'm feeling for the exam for the exam um how i'm preparing i feel like i've been preparing for the exam pretty much the whole semester um I've been using flashcards and sort of the space repetition sort of thing. So you do flashcards. Um, at first you do it after one day, and then you do it after four day, and then you do it after a week, and then two weeks, a month, two months. Things like that. You know, that really helped me to sort of solidify how I was memorizing things, so that's good. And I feel like the majority of my knowledge was sort of memorized by my brain in that way. So just a little bit of studying every day throughout the whole semester. So, by the time of the exam, I don't feel like I had the need to cram and I don't I don't feel like I did cram at all. So, a week before the exam, that's when I started doing past papers and practice questions to sort of find if there are any holes in my knowledge. There were quite a few holes in my knowledge, uh, but I feel like I, I patched up most of these holes. <laughs> but um, And... Sort of revising this made me also realize a little problem with how I was doing flashcards as well. I'll talk about this a little bit. So you know how with a flashcard, on one side you have the question, and on the other side you have the answer, right? And I use this application called Anki, you might have heard of it, it's like the flashcard application that literally most med students use. And Anki, it's like on the first screen it shows you the question, and then you answer the question in your head, and then you press your spacebar, and it shows the answers. Sort of how like that. But it is really, really, really easy when you're doing Anki where you see the question, you don't think about it, you press space bar straight away and you just read the answers and then you go on to the next one. And then you press space and then you flip the card straight away and you read the answers. It's like, it's easy for your brain to sort of fall into this lazy pattern, as I say. And I definitely fell into that lazy pattern where I'm just reading the back of the card straight away. Not a lot of thinking going on, which is bad. And... For future reference, I definitely want to actually make my brain think. So, I guess making your brain think about the answers is just active recall, right? So, active recall and spaced repetition is the foundation of what makes flashcards helpful. And if I'm just literally looking at a card and then looking at the answer straight away, that's only spaced repetition. There's not, not really any active recall. And that just means that the effectiveness of your flashcards is cut down by a lot. And so, yeah, so that's that. Uh, So those are the problems that I identified when I was studying. And I've written up a pretty robust plan of how I will study for the next block, which I will definitely share in the next couple of episodes. Um, And yeah, with the exam, uh, I feel like I was, I, I feel, I feel pretty good for the exam, I think. There's definitely also an element of that. This exam doesn't mean the world to us, definitely. So basically, if you fail this exam, but you pass the end of year exam, you still pass the year. And then this fail just gets erased from your record. So if I pass the exam and I pass the end of the year, I pass. If I fail this one and I pass the end of year one, I also pass. So uh, the, what matters is the end of the year exam, which kind of gives you even more pressure because now uh, it goes from t- you have two final exams to like you have one final end of your exam. So depends on how you see this. But overall, I'm actually you know, pretty excited for the exam to get over. Mainly because everything that we learned in this block is called the foundations block. And so we're learning a lot of basic science. We're learning about basic you know, biochemistry. We're learning about cell physiology you know, the components, you the ions inside and outside of the cells and how that directs water. A lot of it's quite boring. There's definitely many, many exciting stuff. Like, personally, I find cranial nerves really, really cool. So we have, we have to study all the, the nerves in your brain, um, at least cranial nerves, and then all the functions of it, um, what nerve connects what uh, body part to what part of the brain, things like that. Those things are really cool, but there's definitely a lot of boring stuff as well. But starting from next semester, next semester first we have the cardiac block, and we're learning all the diseases relating to the heart and all the medications. And starting from next block, that's when you actually start to feel like a doctor, I reckon. And you know we're learning about the the pathology and pathophysiology behind all the diseases, and how to diagnose them, and how to perform physical exams to check. You know, what's wrong with their heart and um, what medications we can use to prescribe to the patient. All this very, very exciting stuff that we haven't actually done a lot in this block currently that is ending basically. So, very exciting stuff. I'm also excited to uh, write up a different plan for studying as well. So, I'll write up the plan and make a podcast episode and all that. So, Yeah. So pretty exciting. Um, and with the exams finishing, definitely going to be a good time. So right now, positive energy all around, if you can say, but yeah. And in that case, I don't think I got anything more to share. So I'll wrap up this episode on this point. Really, uh, really was just an update on sort of what, our exams are, you know, our OSCEs and our written exams, how I feel about them, and that's that. I'll, I'll, I promise, I promise I will make more exciting episodes in the future. Please stay tuned. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll give, to give you a little sneak peek of what's coming up, right? Um, I wanted to do an episode on my science-based morning routine, and I found that to be, I, I started doing this recently, and I shit you not. I actually feel like a completely different person. Like no fucking joke. I feel so good every fucking day because I started doing this new morning routine. And it's not only my morning routine. I sort of developed. I did a lot of lot of research, very much research backed. Trust me, bro. Very 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 much research backed. And yeah. And my brain feels just feels like it's in a soup of productivity molecules. It's actually crazy. So I'll share that with you. And i re- really excited. Um, it's not only the morning routine. Yeah, I did some research. I developed a toolkit for dramatically increasing your focus and concentration. And just your overall mood in general. Like right now, I feel so good. Before in the semester, I kind of feel like ass cheeks. I felt like... I felt so bad. But ever since I started doing these and after I started doing my research and started implementing these in my life, completely different person. You know. So that's, that's one episode I wanted to share. Um, next one, how I will you know, manage my life during block two because I'd imagine block two will probably be just as busy, if not even more busy than this block. So, it'll be important to figure out like what exact study strategy will work for me as well. So, those are the two upcoming episodes. Um, Stay tuned for more. Goodbye. Thanks for listening today. Bye-bye.